Hello, America. It's Friday. Oh, yes, it's Friday. Uh, and guys, I uh, didn't get flowers. It's Valentine's Day. What? What is wrong with you? Stop at a grocery store or a 7-Eleven and get, I don't know, a Snickers bar or whatever, but it's Valentine's Day. We'll uh, get into all of the news of the day, and there is a lot. We also have Jeff Brown on our show today, coming up in hour number three. Jeff is a Silicon Valley expert, uh, uh, a, a guy who's worked in big tech for a long, long time. I asked him to come on. We, we're going to talk to him about several things, but one of them are the Navy's UFO patents. If you don't know what those are, uh, you need to read up. It, it is There's something going on. Uh, with the United States and UFO technology. We don't know what it is, but I asked him a week ago, I said, Jeff, would you just look into these patents, see if there's anything here? He's got his answer for us coming up today. Bill O'Reilly is going to be with us. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, we're going to talk just a a little bit of uh, cancel culture with Disney and where we should fight on that. Ted Cruz is coming up to talk about the impeachment And I give you the Great Reset, the Bank of America press release that came out yesterday. All of these things and so much more in 60 seconds. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. USA Today. Uh, has uh, written an article, MAGA co-conspirators Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley play jurors at Trump's trial. Imagine sitting in a courtroom awaiting a trial of a man arrested for assaulting your mother. It was a robbery gone wrong. He merely tried to spook her into giving him some money. But in the process, he became enraged and knocked her over, breaking her hip. The judge lets the jury into the room. They settle in. You suddenly see a familiar face. The driver of the getaway car is on the jury. He gives the defendant a thumbs up and you realize the fix is in. That is from USA Today. Talking about Senator Ted Cruz, who joins us now from Washington. Uh, hello, Ted. How are you? Glenn, good to be with you as always. I, I, I mean, our country has gone mad, Ted. It has gone mad. Uh, tell us what the latest is in the impeachment trial, what it's about uh, and what the outcome's going to be. What is it going to mean? Well, sure. You know, what you started off with is, is the simple reality that, that our media is totally broken now, uh, that they no longer pretend to be journalists. They're just propagandists. That, that at the age of Trump, one of the most significant effects of the age of Trump has been that virtually the entire media, whether it's USA Today, whether it's, it's your old home, CNN, They've lost their minds. They are consumed by Trump hatred. They don't pretend to cover news. They are propagandists for a particle, uh, partisan political view. And so that particular piece, it's, it's, it's almost as if the author is not aware that the Constitution assigns the impeachment authority to the House of Representatives of the United States, assigns the authority to try impeachment in the Senate. It's almost as if the author of, of that piece is not aware that the framers understood that when you were impeaching a president, the senators who were who were trying the case 
would know the president, would be working with the president, would be political players, which is why they assigned it to political branches, because there's a legal judgment, but it is also a political judgment. Yes. And, and that is exactly how the framers of the Constitution intended it to operate. But the USA Today propagandists there, that they don't want the readers to understand that. Instead, they want to scare them and mislead them. So I will tell you, um, Ted, that this, I think, goes way beyond uh, Donald Trump and Donald Trump hatred. It is into something new. Uh, yesterday, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, uh, and I were, were targeted by the New York Times as saying that we were also henchmen. We were the voice that were whipping the crowd into a frenzy. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, t- today, I see one that came out a couple of days ago on you by Jeffrey Martin. Lincoln Project takes aim at Ted Cruz, Kevin McCarthy and others who fed the mob a diet of lies. They are coming. This this is about not just impeaching the president, but this is about saying anyone who was GOP, anyone who was uh, you know supportive of the president has got to be shut up, sit down, reprogrammed, or whatever else the other really frightening terms they're now using. Glenn, you are exactly right. This this moment, I've I've compared it to the end of all three of the Godfather movies, where if you remember at the end of each of those movies, Michael Corleone settles his debts, and he Mm -hmm. tries to eliminate all of his enemies. That's where the hard left is. That they, they, they feel victorious, they feel surging, they feel invulnerable, and so they're trying to destroy Donald Trump, and then that's a major purpose of this impeachment, is they want to utterly destroy him. But they're trying to destroy you, they're trying to destroy me, they're trying to destroy every conservative, and their real target is the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, and they want to utterly silence and cancel and erase every one of us, and, and have us be, be silent and subservient. We're seeing this big tech, which is now the henchmen and enforcers for the far left, is systematically and ruthlessly erasing and canceling anyone whose views they disagree. We saw them do it with Parler, where all of big tech got together in what was a blatantly illegal uh, violation of the antitrust laws to just mm-hmm. obliterate Parler, because they wanted... No avenue for anyone to speak. The, we saw it just yesterday when, when big tech banned Project Veritas because they don't actually want journalists that report and expose their corruption. And, and mark my words, they are coming after you. They're going to try to shut down your program. They're going to try to shut down Mark's program. They're going to try to shut down Russia's program because they want to silence anyone who disagrees with the totalitarian state. So, Ted, how do we speak to an audience and tell them the truth of what is really coming down the pike, what the real motives are, have a press and quite honestly, people like AOC accusing you of trying to have her murdered Um, the the crazy things that are being said every day. People know they their freedoms are we're at a crossroads in this country. How do we. How do we talk to them, inform them, and, and also ensure that what the left seemingly wants to happen, is begging to happen, a repeat of something like January 6th, how do we make sure that people feel still empowered and that there is progress being made and somebody's in their corner fighting for them? 
Well, listen, I, I am optimistic in the medium and long term. And, and bizarrely, the reason I'm optimistic is because the lunatics who are in control, they're going to overreach. The far left is driving the Democratic Party. And, and the Biden administration, you're seeing it every day. They're going further and further and further. They're going to go too far. Now, it means we're going to have two very difficult years for this country because they're going to implement some incredibly harmful policies. But, but the good thing is that, that politics historically has always been like a pendulum, that it swings too far in one direction, and, the, and then the American people get dismayed and pull it back the other way. And I, and I think 2022 is going to be a very good election. I think 2024 is going to be a very good election because the ideas and policies they're implementing are disastrous. Joe Biden is obliterating jobs on a daily basis. We saw the first day in office, he eliminated 11,000 jobs of the Keystone Pipeline, including 8,000 union jobs. Just this week, he, he, he stepped forward to eliminate the work requirement for Medicaid because he doesn't want people working. He doesn't want people going back to school. The policies they're putting in place are disastrous. And the good news is that, 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 that as people see those policies don't work, they will want to return to some semblance of sanity. That's good for the country in terms of our long-term process. So the impeachment, the uh, left has laid out their case on Donald Trump. Uh, have, have you seen anyone? How many, how many Republicans are going to vote to convict, do you think? So I think you'll, we'll probably have a total of about 55 votes to convict. So all 50 Democrats will vote to convict and probably five Republicans. I'd say plus or minus two. So I'd say the low is 53, the high is 57. The good news is we are nowhere near the 67 that are needed to convict. That's not going to happen. The end of this, either late tonight or sometime tomorrow, is going to be that Donald Trump is acquitted. That, that is the inevitable result of this. All 100 senators know that. The House managers know that. Every reporter covering this knows that. But they are doing this because they want to bloody up not only the president, but every Republican. This is political theater from the Democrats, and, and, and they're not even pretending to satisfy the legal standard, the constitutional standard of high crimes and misdemeanors or the legal standard of incitement, which is what they have charged, but they didn't come remotely close to satisfying or proving. The left always has us in a win-win situation for them. They knew they weren't going to get this through. They knew it. Um, So what was this all about? Is it a distraction is it a setup for what's coming next, which is just this continual McCarthy-like witch hunt uh, and the smearing of anyone who disagrees with them as, you know, today's communist, uh, which I guess is a GOP member, a Trump supporter, uh, or, or is it something else? What, what is the win here for them? So I think it is all of the above, but, but I think it started with something simpler which is that I think particularly House Democrats really embody, I'd say, the the id of the Democratic Party. They embody the rage. They hate Trump with this all-consuming passion that that, that is deeply unhealthy for our country. It it has been their defining characteristic the last four years is hatred of Donald J. Trump. House Democrats wanted to impeach him in November of 2016, before he was sworn in, they were saying they wanted to impeach him as he was being sworn in. This is now the second time they've impeached him. And I think 
the biggest reason we went forward with this is this was just a, a cathartic primal scream from House Democrats. Frankly, Senate Democrats, I think, didn't really want to do this. I think if you'd left it up to Senate Democrats, they wouldn't have done this trial. You know, look, the Senate Democrats, they just took control of the Senate. They've got a Democratic president, Democratic House. They all just got gavels as committee chairman. I think the Senate Democrats are eager to go start destroying the country with terrible <laughs> policies. So do you, is there any, do you see anyone in the Senate that is, that you look at from the other side of the aisle, you don't have to name names, um, that is like, I got to tell you, I, I, I mean, we're not crazy. We're not crazy. A lot of this stuff, we're not going to, I'm not with, this is crazy. Is anyone questioning what's going on? Not really. Oh my. Um, look, Look, the, the closest to it is you have Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat from West Virginia, who has said right now that he will oppose ending the filibuster. Yeah, but do you and, believe and Kirsten, do you believe that? I mean, it's pretty really. sad that we're that we're counting and, and on him. Kirsten Cinema from Arizona has said the same thing. So right now, if the two of them miraculously can stand up and hold the line, that will make a big difference. Many of the worst things that the crazies want to do won't happen if they can't end the filibuster. Now, I got to say, if passed this prologue, I've served eight years with Joe Manchin. I, I've never seen him stand up to Chuck Schumer and Democratic leadership when they really put the thumbscrews on. So I am hoping for him. I am praying for, for spinal fortitude. But, but if they do hold the line, it'll be the first time they've ever done so. Ted Cruz, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank and, you, my uh, friend. God bless. And, 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 and just one, one reminder, God, God is sovereign and remains in control. And, and our country is and will remain a shining city on a hill. And I believe that with, with every molecule in my body. Thank you so much. The author of One Vote Away, the uh, senator from the great state of Texas, Senator Ted Cruz. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. The author of Killing Crazy Horse, The Merciless Indian Wars in America. Also, another book coming out, Killing the Mob, The Fight Against Organized Crime in America, yeah. uh, comes out in May. Mr. Bill O'Reilly uh, from uh, the BillOReilly.com website. Hello, Bill. You know, I don't do that. If, if anybody advertises on BillOReilly.com or on any of my properties, I'm, I, I just buy their product automatically i don't care what they charge <laughs> <laughs> hi i'm bill o'reilly for crack yeah. <laughs> um, hey bill um uh we, we want to talk about so much uh this week so much has gone on but i, I really want to start with the impeachment we were talking uh about the game and the calculations behind the scenes on both the republicans and the democrats can't really figure out the the end game here for the democrats other than smearing and categorizing people uh but but is, is there more than that and the demo on the republican side i've always thought that if mitch mcconnell had a chance to take donald trump out in the establishment take him out they'd go for it in a heartbeat they have that opportunity and they're not doing it so tell me what's going on here with these two parties 
All right, I'm going to fuse enlightenment with entertainment right wow, now. So okay. everybody should All be right. on. Uh, everybody should be, right. you know, with a pen and paper. <laughs> okay. First thing that Democrats want to do is diminish the Republican Party. And they did that by the video, uh, constant, you know, okay, look at this, look at this. And not only uh, with these people um, um, trying to overthrow the government and harm, and they did harm people, but anybody who uh, doesn't condemn them or is in the same boat as far as supporting Donald Trump, you're just as guilty, guilty by association, okay? So that's number one. They wanted to accomplish that. And according to Gallup, poll out this week did in a short-term basis support for the Republican Party is down 15 percent. So that was what this was all about. It wasn't about Donald Trump um, as far as the big picture is concerned. They hate him. They want to hurt him as much as possible. And that is a given. But it was a calculated um, strategy. And we've talked about this before on the uh, Glenn Beck program, that there are people on the payroll of uh, the Democratic Party's political action committees that come up with these kinds of strategies. Mm -hmm. And that was the strategy. Play the video over and over, loop the video. We'll uh, have cooperation from all of our uh, media allies to do it. Um, The New York Times and the Washington Post will absolutely buy in and will demonize every single person who may have voted for Donald Trump and the party in which he ran. Well, I will tell you that I think it's fascinating that yesterday the New York Times um, ran an article about me, Mark Levin, uh, Rush Limbaugh uh, and talk radio. It was it was clear targeting of talk radio. And, you know, they're doing a Fox News now. They're they're telling people to. uh, And this is from the Soros tent, Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit different than the than the PACs that uh, work for the Democratic Party. This is from the Soros people saying, "Okay, look, call your cable company and say, look, you want you want to take Fox News off and you don't want to pay that and, you know, get them that way. And then the sponsors have always been. And I was and you were both of us were targets when we worked at Fox News of that kind of, you know, if you. Um, sponsored the Becker O'Reilly programs, and we're going to put it on the internet that nobody should buy. And da, 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 da. Okay. So all of that's in motion. All of that is uh, underway, and it's going to end on Monday. But Mitch McConnell, there, there's an interesting guy. So McConnell hates Trump. So everybody should know that. Because Trump did not defer to McConnell. They weren't pals. He didn't schmooze with them, and McConnell um, likes that. He, he sees himself as the godfather of the Republican Party, but, but Trump didn't do it, so McConnell doesn't like him. But the backlash against Liz Cheney and Wyoming and others who did vote to um, hurt Donald Trump has been substantial, and as you just pointed out, uh, McConnell knows that. And he doesn't want to get into trouble uh, with the party. He doesn't want any more damage. Now, the Democrats would love, love to have Mitch McConnell turn on Trump. I mean, that would be a twofer. We'll get Trump and we'll hurt the the Republican Party further. So it's going to be the same. You're not going to have, I don't think you'll have one defection other than the five that, you know, want Trump to experience pain anyway, the five Republican senators, I'm only going to have another because then they go back to their red states and they got problems. They'll be primaried. <laughs> the people will be angry. And the next time they run, this will be center stage. And why do they need that? And why do they need to strengthen the Democratic Party? Why? There's no upside to this at all. 
So once you have, you know, 44 Republican senators saying, look, the whole thing's not constitutional, why would they vote to boost something that wasn't constitutional? So nobody should expect any kind of a different outcome. But you'll have the cry that on Monday and Tuesday, uh, these are all traitors. Peggy Noonan, one of the worst in the world, she writes in the Wall Street Journal, has already done it. She's already filed a column saying, oh, if you don't vote for impeachment, then you're just as bad as Trump. Mm-hmm. That'll be the theme. And does that play well over the long term? I mean, Donald Trump uh, will start his own party, I believe, or people around him will start a party and he could run in 2024, um, you know, and he will have he will have some control over a lot of people uh, and, and how they vote with between him on one side squeezing the republicans and the democrats on the other what happens to the the unity in the party well i can't speak for donald trump uh, i don't know what his mindset is i know he kind of lost perspective uh, after the election and that has hurt him historically and there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that there's no doubt there's no debate he lost perspective he lost discipline he didn't have a lot of discipline to begin with, but what little he had went flying right out the window because he was so shocked, and he was, so, that he lost. But wait, but so Donald Trump, I don't know what his perspective is. I don't know what he wants to do. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Before you go on that, let, let, yeah. let me take the first part of that and, and probe a little deeper on. He lost perspective. Right. Um, I, as you know, I turned into a big supporter uh, and 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 fundraiser for him i mean i not fundraiser but i i donated to his uh legal campaign uh and really believed uh that he was the right choice for america Mm -hmm. at the end on if i were just to judge him on that day i thought that was a reprehensible performance ben sass and i don't know if i believe this or not but ben sass says he talked to people in the white house who said that for a while trump was gleeful about what was happening uh at the capitol because he didn't understand what was happening okay so but if that's true Mm -hmm. can a guy like that should a guy like that uh be president well look donald trump did good things for america and 72 million people recognized that right and and voted for him all right so that's history too right once he was uh, disappointed, shockingly disappointed, in the outcome of the November 3rd vote, Donald Trump then shut down. He shut down uh, mentally and emotionally. Yeah, he did. Okay? So that's the truth. That's what happened. So you could have done this. You could have raised questions about the validity of the vote in a disciplined way. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. So all he had to do was basically say... I would like analytics done in Philadelphia to see what the odds are, um, and in Pennsylvania, that I have a 600,000 vote lead when the polls close and I lose by 150,000. What are the odds of that analytically? A million to one? 10 million to one? And then I, I'm going to ask the FBI to do forensics on certain voting machines in certain areas, just as a, uh, to reassure the American people that we didn't have fraud. Now, if he had gone on that way, a disciplined way, and made it about the country, not him, um, number one, we might have gotten some answers about the election. Yeah. 
The, uh, the, we the, didn't get any. I think the, the problem is, and I think, you know, there are at least 75 million Americans who can kind of relate to this. That guy didn't flinch for four years, constantly under attack by lies uh, and, you know, called a conspiracy theorist and everything else. And when you see that Time magazine printed a story um, where they gleefully said, yes, there was a conspiracy by big business, by left wing activist uh, and the media to ensure the credibility of this election, you uh, you could you'd snap at some point. You'd be like, God, well, this is fake. This he is snapped. fake. But that's not how you fight the war. Right. I know. If you snap, you get killed. Yeah. OK, so if you're in the foxhole and they're coming at you, you have to fight smart. And he didn't. OK, more with so Bill. It got wor- wait, wait, uh, it go got ahead. worse and worse and worse and worse. OK. Yep. Um, and then it culminated in something that he never in a million years thought was going to happen. Right. I mean, no, I know the man. Yeah, and not a violent man. He's and, never had a violent episode in his life. And the and the the right, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't expect it necessarily because the right has never done that. Right. At I least in the last it. fifteen. Did years. you expect it? No. Did you expect it? No. No. All right. I think I'm a pretty savvy guy, and I think anybody listening to us right now will agree. All 100 percent of people. Listening. <laughs> but yeah, Rise is savvy. I like a recap. I had no blank and clue that this might happen. None. And neither did the FBI, and neither did the Secret Service, and neither did the Capitol Police, and neither did the local Washington, D.C. police. No one thought it was going to happen. And when it happened, instead of being proactive, Donald Trump was shocked him again. So here's an already emotionally weakened man, already emotionally weakened, okay? And he's looking at this. He does not know what to do. He doesn't want to attack his own supporters, okay? And so he, he doesn't do anything for um, an hour or so. And that was rammed down his throat. So all of these things are logical if you step back and you look at reality, which, of course, nobody wants to do uh, because you either love Trump or you hate Trump. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Founder and chief investment analyst for Brownstone Research, editor of The Bleeding Edge. Uh, you can follow him at jeffbrownletter.com. Jeff, how are you? Good morning. Doing great. I am always excited to talk to you because I know you have answers about stuff that I'm fascinated uh, with and curious about. Uh, we contacted you, what, it was a few days ago, maybe a week ago about the ufo patents and asked you to go in and and look at them and explain what they say they are and if you think there's anything there so can can you tell me about the patents that the navy has filed and what they say they are yes and uh it was uh great fun to uh to actually read the patents of course very interesting uh but you know at the highest level the the construct is effectively technology uh that could be used potentially uh to build a spacecraft for space travel uh the core of the patents is built around um what is a compact nuclear fusion device 
uh, and we can think of this as really the power source, the uh, device that can create enough energy to do some pretty extraordinary things uh, with any kind of craft. It wouldn't have to be just a spacecraft. You could use this for an application, a maritime application, boats, submarines, uh, uh, planes even. Um, uh, and on top of this nuclear fusion device, uh, some of the other patents are supportive of um, advanced propulsion technology, uh, a, a laser augmented propulsion system. So we can just think of kind of the next generation of rocket engines, uh, which was an area that I actually uh, specialized in propulsion when I was at Purdue University. So he's a rocket scientist. And <laughs> I thought you and, were. I just um, didn't know for sure. I'm not smart enough to figure out your degrees. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and then on top of that, Glenn, uh, they have uh, uh, he designed this uh, what's called a, a mass reduction device. Now, I'm not going to uh, take the leap and call it anti-gravity, but let's just say that the outline of the patent would make a vehicle, uh, what's a good uh, analogy, uh, you know, lighter on its feet, really capable of very extreme speeds. Uh, when so you're talking about very are, extreme speeds, what kind of speeds are you talking about? Well, over time, uh, especially in space, um, propulsion thrust builds on itself. There is, it's, a, it's a vacuum. So uh, the longer you uh, use propulsion or thrust, the faster you go. You can begin to start to approach the speed of light. Which Einstein uh, says, if I if, explain this, E equals MC square means you can't reach the speed of light because you would need so much propulsion that as you as you build it bigger and bigger and bigger, it slows you down. So you can there's there's a point of diminishing return. Is that uh, is that a layman's understanding of it or is that completely wrong? Well, a, a simpler way to uh, explain it would be to say that um, we can near the speed of light, but we can't break through it. Uh, which is really what um, uh, uh, Einstein's uh, research was about. Crossing the threshold of the speed of light is the tricky part. Why? We haven't figured out quite how to do that yet. Why? Uh, for the reasons for the reasons that um, you mentioned, actually. Okay. Uh, traveling beyond the speed of light is theoretically possible, but it's just that trick. It's that uh, ability to get faster than the speed of light. Uh, faster than uh, light particles, which is which is the tricky part. But look, if we could uh, approach the speed of light with a device and a power generation um, a fusion device that was outlined in the patents, uh, that would open the doors for some pretty remarkable uh, a travel beyond our own solar system, for example. So they they also had a electromagnetic uh, shield of some sort. Uh, like a defense shield? Did you see I, that one? I, that was one of my favorites. I'm calling it the force field patent. Okay. Um, they called it the electromagnetic field generation. Uh, and it, that's essentially what it is. Um, they're using a lot of power to create, we can think of it as an electromagnetic shield that is capable of deflecting objects as large as asteroids, uh, it could be deflecting objects from uh, weapons, space-based or land-based weapons. Uh, 
pretty much anything you can think of. Uh, so theoretically, what it outlines is the ability to protect the spacecraft from any incoming missiles or asteroids or devices that could damage the, the craft itself. And there were a series of uh, uh, another one of the patents was was a high frequency gravitational wave generator, which is also related to basically this force field, this ability to shield the aircraft from anything that might damage it. So before we get into what you believe, um, what would the world be like if, if, as the Navy says, they've, uh, they've already tested these things and they work? There's no evidence of that. But what would the world, what, what would this mean? If we look at this purely from a power generation perspective, uh, we should remember that nuclear fusion uh, produces more energy than is required to run the fusion reactor. Uh, and forms of nuclear fusion produce zero uh, radioactive waste of any kind. So what this means for the world, presuming it, it would work, uh, could be limitless, essentially free, clean energy for the entire planet. You could put these very compact nuclear fusion reactors almost in every neighborhood, uh, and it would fuel the planet. Well, we know it happens because if you saw the documentary film uh, Back to the Future 2, Mr. Fusion was right there powering the car. So we know it happens in the future. Are we talking about uh, uh, something that could power like that, our, our cars? I guess we would run off of batteries. So it could, it could power everything. Yes, and, and it, which is um, precisely what would happen. So, for example, right now, if we think about our electric vehicles or one of the biggest um, areas of tech that's being hyped right now are hydrogen fuel cells or hydrogen as a clean source of energy, which it is. But the problem is, is that we're producing hydrogen and we're producing electricity almost exclusively with fossil fuels. So the electricity is dirty. It's based on carbon, but the car itself doesn't have any emissions. Uh, but a nuclear fusion power like this would mean that all of the electricity that we produce uh, would, would produce uh, clean hydrogen fuels, would fuel our electric vehicles, and the whole energy production and usage consumption supply chain would be clean. I remember, uh, it, I remember, let me just change the subject here for a second. I remember in, I think, 1976-ish, uh, we sent Voyager out. Uh, and it wasn't too many years ago that Voyager finally left our solar system. On the, on the, the craft, the spacecraft that you say could approach these kinds of speeds, how long would it take us, how fast could we get to just the outer planets of our of our solar system uh with technology like this so remember back in the 70s uh it's all our propulsion was almost in the i, I mean uh, to, to use an analogy in the stone ages right yeah right um very very um simple basic uh limited output in terms of thrust which is why voyager took so long to leave our right. solar system uh we're in a different world right now. Um, it's 2021. 
what we can do and what's being suggested here, uh, you know, we, we would be out outside of our own solar system. Uh, we could count it in a matter of days. Oh, my uh, gosh. Just this is a very different, you know, if it's real, uh, we're looking at a, a completely different paradigm for okay. uh, exploring not only our solar system, but the rest of uh, the rest of the galaxy. Okay. This stuff would be game changing. We know the Pentagon uh, and specifically, I think it's the Navy has been telling us now for about a year that alien spacecraft or or some sort of spacecraft that they believe has otherworldly capabilities have been spotted and tracked um, with incredible speeds and agility. Uh, and we've seen the videos of them released and verified by uh, the Navy and the Pentagon. Uh, so we've been feeling like something is happening here. Now with this stuff, maybe those were U.S. tests uh, being done. But when you look at the patents, because we can't talk to the guy who actually says that, that he did all of the work, um, it, when you look at the patents, is this stuff real, Jeff? Well, uh, one of the reasons they were interesting to read is because uh, theoretically, they certainly have the potential to be real. Um, but what was odd about uh, the patents and the way that they were written is that they were remarkably light on details. Uh, very basic in terms of um, the diagrams that were used, very basic in terms of uh, the science and mathematics to, to back up or defend what was being proposed. And also a lot of... Um, what I would call presumptive language uh, in terms of some of the most critical, the, 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 the hardest things, problems to solve, quantum mechanics and how to, how to manage and contain a, a, a nuclear fusion plasma reaction, there's almost no detail whatsoever. Uh, so in that regard, the patents almost read more like science fiction than an actual technological patent or breakthrough, if that makes sense. Okay, so is that something that the the government has done in the past or would do to protect so nobody else, they're not giving away information? Or is this well, highly unusual? I can imagine if you and I were sitting in a room and had this technology under our control, working for a government, it wouldn't matter if it's the U.S. or otherwise, we certainly wouldn't want to share it with the rest of the world and make it public right. information. Uh, you know, this technology obviously could be used uh, for offensive and very dangerous purposes. Uh, it could also solve the world's need for clean energy, right? Right. Um, so I can, I can look at this from, from both, both perspectives. Um, uh, so why file? Uh, wait, wait. Why file a patent if there's nothing really in it? That I mean, what what would that protect? Why would you file that? Uh, that doesn't. I agree. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it, it doesn't protect the actual invention, presuming that there is one. Uh, and um, uh, unless, unless the the one thing that I thought of. Uh, over the last couple of days is uh, it's, it could be intentional 
misinformation. In other words, yeah. it's designed to look a little bit kind of fluffy and weak to almost prove that it doesn't exist when in actuality, perhaps it does. It could also be, this is when these mind games start in. It could also be uh, that the technology doesn't exist, but they've, they've had so many releases of these videos of, of craft that are unexplainable that it makes our enemies think, well, that's them. They got something that we don't have. Sure. Um, and could force other countries to spend inordinate, inordinate, inordinate amounts of money solving a problem that may be impossible to solve, right? And do you know anything about the inventor? that He's, he's kind of in the shadows. Do we know anything about him? I, I certainly don't. He uh, seems like uh, much of a mystery. Na, 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 na.